Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 446. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here. And I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, Relika Schulte. Relika is a business and success coach from Dream Lifestyle, LLC. Relika, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. It's always so much fun to talk to you. Oh, thank you. And, and you as well. Um, listeners, we were just talking about where we live and Relika's in Minnesota, for some reason, all of a sudden, Wisconsin came in my head, and I knew that wasn't right, but I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's just lack of coffee this early in the morning. And we were talking about lack of beaches. I mean, I'm from Rochester, New York, so it's right near the Finger Lakes. And yeah, there's beaches, but they're all man-made. But anyway, that's enough of a deviation there. Relika, I would love if you would give the listeners a better introduction, because you know your story better than anybody else. Sure, absolutely. So I'm actually from Estonia, from Northern Europe, and but I live here in Minnesota in the United States. And I came here about three years ago when I came to visit my long-distance boyfriend back then, and when I was a single mom. And I came with my four-year-old son and literally with one luggage, and I came to visit my boyfriend and he proposed. So that's how I am here now. And right now I'm running my coaching business and I'm helping women literally globally to really take the expertise, take corporate experience, their life experience, and turn this into a coaching business online. And implement marketing systems and also start attracting their own idea clients into the business. So pretty much going from an idea to fully launched business online so they can quit their job and become full-time entrepreneurs. Oh, I absolutely love that. And at the risk of possibly offending a dear friend and client who may be listening, yesterday I realized I was talking to Perry Marshall about the 80-20 rule. And we were talking about how 20% of your clients can take up 80% of your time and the stress and a lot of other that goes in. And it happens in all areas of your life. And I actually made a decision this morning to let two clients that weren't quite where I want to be. Actually, they just aren't where I want to be. And they're taking up a lot of time and stress. I wrote my letters, my goodbye letters. And while it was sad, I realized, oh my gosh, there's so much relief that comes along with doing it because I know it just, it takes away that stress and leaves my brain open to do other stuff. But I think as entrepreneurs and as women, often we don't take that step to even figure out who that ideal client is in the first place. And we start saying yes to everybody. And then in the end, we say no to ourselves. Do you see that much with your clients? You know, they always start the same way, I would say. And I feel like I have been there myself that you want to say yes to everyone. But it really shouldn't be the case because you should be really only serving the people that you know for sure that you can help, first of all, and who are committed to do the work as well. So it's kind of like a two-way street that you have to meet them in a halfway, but they have to be committed as well. They have to be ready to go because you can't, and this is not your job to kind of pull them along. It's more about like guiding them, supporting them, but they have to make their own steps as well. 
So definitely I see that, especially new entrepreneurs, they are so urgent to get the first clients and they want to say yes to everyone. They want to discount the prices. They want to do everything they can to get in those first clients. But you really should look into what is the real pain point that these clients have and what is the outcome that they want to achieve and how urgent this is really for them to get it fixed and how committed they are. And actually, I even ask them typically like on a scale of one to 10 and 10 being highly committed uh, before I sign any client. And if they are anything less than eight, to be honest, then they are not right. They are not ready. It's not the time yet. So it's okay to let those people go because you can just make the space to those people who are ready, who are ready to go, who are ready to do the work. So it's totally fine. But yeah, it's kind of a struggle at first when you start out with your business. Oh, yeah, it is. And I've had those clients where you just feel like you're dragging. But I've also been that client where I was dragging myself if I was even moving. And what I often found was that I was dragging because I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I was in scarcity mode. I was saying yes to everything, most of which I wasn't even passionate about. And I don't know that I've ever admitted this on the podcast. Like when I was just starting out, I'm pretty sure that I said yes to stuff which wasn't necessarily legal. Like I'm not saying it was illegal, but it was definitely treading the path of does this violate can spam laws, right? And I did let go of somebody who wanted me to take bought lists of people and put them into her email marketing system. But that can be really scary, letting go of those things that really aren't working for us, especially when we don't know what it is that we want to do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but it really is that standing into your power and knowing that there is more than enough clients out there for everyone. And especially when you are online and you do online marketing or online business, there's plenty of clients and you don't need to be serving everyone. So, and the more you can start attracting your ideal tribe who really resonate with you, who do the work, the more you actually build up your own momentum too and, you know, grow your business and be motivated, be inspired and be more productive too. So to get the results to your clients, to yourself. So rather than really dragging somebody else like through your business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So how did you discover that this is what you wanted to be doing? I knew that I wanted to go to business coaching because Well, it actually started because I got my business degree and finance degree. And so I've always been somehow in business, whether this was in a corporations or my parents also entrepreneurs running their own businesses. But I realized that just working in a corporate job nine hours a day really wasn't my dream come true. So I discovered blogging and I was thinking about running a blog online, which was kind of successful, but it was a lot of work for me because, especially because English is not my native language. So every single article I wrote had to be like edited. Every single content that I came up with had to be edited. And it was so much work for me. And the blog was about personal finance and business strategies. So it didn't bring that much income that I could quit my job and go right into the business until I transitioned into the coaching. And coaching for me was a solution really because blogging was great, but I didn't have the human connection over there. 
But coaching, you can actually talk to people. You can really connect as a human being to your clients, to your tribe, to your audience, to your followers. So it was kind of a combination of the business strategies, logging knowledge, and also my passion to connect with human beings and really help them to get to the next level. So I've been really enjoying that. (laughs) I feel like this is definitely my zone of genius. Oh, and finding that zone of genius is absolutely amazing, isn't it? (laughs) Definitely. And I feel like a lot of times people struggle with their niches, like what is my niche and how do I get started? And so, but you have to look at not just your expertise because you can have an expertise in one particular area, but do you actually enjoy this? And I always ask, Do you see yourself doing this in the long run? Do you see yourself doing this maybe like five years or 10 years? And if this sounds too much for you, then probably this is not the right niche for you. So you definitely have to combine your knowledge, your expertise with a passion that you really have. And the passion is really the key there because days get hard as well. Not every day is so nice. So you have to be able to push through. And if you don't have the fire and that, really the big dream, the passion for it, then you're not going to make this thing work. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes what you may have enjoyed doing early on just becomes old. I was experiencing that myself. I'm an Infusionsoft certified partner, but I was doing it all for the money to start. Like, ooh, look how much money I can make. And it began to lose its luster until I realized what value I really wanted to bring to the table. I mean, listeners, you've heard me say before that the three pillars of positive productivity are self-care systems and support. And when I realized how not just Infusionsoft, but any marketing automation could be brought in to provide the self-care systems and support to people, I was like, aha. But then I also realized I love the strategy. I don't need to be the one who's building it all out. So while I could still be working with it, I didn't need to be working on it. I think we often get tied up in working in our business, including in client work, whereas depending on what we're doing, and I'm not necessarily saying for business coaching, unless you're building like a a repeatable system, but there was no reason why I couldn't build my team to start taking on some of the, the work and doing all the implementation while I'm doing what I love, which is talking to people and developing the strategy. And then it all becomes exciting and new again. Yeah, I can so relate to that. And I feel like the thing really is that you do have to have the system. And as you said, right, that this can actually provide you also the self-care. And I'm a huge, like, I mean, I'm using Infusionsoft as well. So I love this automation piece. And because I used to be really anxious all the time, also to step away from my business. So if I was, let's say, going somewhere for a weekend, I was always worried, like, what's going to happen if I'm not working on my business? But once you have the systems in place, and obviously, like, you know, somebody who can help you in your business, like maybe like a team member, and really kind of like uh, the process is in place, then you don't have this anxiety that nothing is going to happen when you actually take like a couple days off, or even a week off and step away from your laptop. So you don't have to (laughs) constantly check your phone. and be worried about everything. Oh my gosh, I just have to share with you. I mean, you know, I was three minutes late showing up to our call and I explained to you it was because my team, specifically my OBM Sam had in a very lovingly way given me the riot act. Like it wasn't that extreme. 
I have to admit, it wasn't that extreme, but I didn't even tell you in our pre-chat how that came to be. So based upon what you just said, I have to share with you and the listeners about 15 minutes before our call, I was like, oh my gosh, Sam, I don't know what to do. I'm supposed to have a podcast in 10 minutes, but I have so much to do. I don't know if I can do it. And she's like, Kim, what could you have delegated? What can you delegate right now? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I hear you. She's like, and I looked back at the whole list of stuff that I thought I have to do. And she just took 80% of it. And she'll probably have it done by the time we're done with this call. And then I felt like, you don't. You know, you've been sitting on this for four days. But you could have just delegated it four days ago and it would have been done. Oh, yeah, I can so relate to that. And it's really understanding where your zone of genius is and where your presence is necessary. So, and if your presence is not necessary to do some sort of task, you can delegate this piece. You don't have to do that. And you can actually focus on those pieces as right now. Like, you know, you have to be here. You can't delegate this piece. <laughs> and I have to be here. It's the same way I can't delegate this piece. And that's what we enjoy. And that's what we love. And that's why we do what we do. So we can connect and we can share. And everything else where the presence is not necessary, we can actually delegate to other people. And I feel like if somebody's listening and thinking maybe that you're just getting started and like, you know, and you don't have maybe like a team member, then a good way to start is definitely maybe like hiring an intern, because if this is an unpaid internship, you can give them recommendation letter later. And sometimes they can also get credit from university, like, you know, while doing some work for you. So I know that's what I did when I got started with my business as well, that you can get the support, but you just have to reach out and be creative how you can delegate and get this pressure off from your shoulders. Oh, definitely. And I love that you brought up the internship because there's a fabulous community college right here in my city and they have the co-op department. And I know that when I was going through college, I had unpaid co-ops and I sort of griped my way through them then because I wasn't getting paid. But the experience, the business experience that I learned as a result was far more valuable than any money I would have gotten paid. I mean, let's just be serious. It would have been minimum wage if I had gotten paid anything. But what I walked away with in the end was far more valuable and the letter of recommendation. So yeah, listeners, don't put yourself down for going for a free intern because I would almost say that that'll be a lot better in the end anyway. Or there's even overseas VAs who may not charge as much as what you might have to pay for a VA in your own country. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, what is one thing that you struggled with letting go of yourself? I think that about myself was the same thing, to be honest, about the delegation, that understanding that I don't have to do everything on my own. And I feel like we women are so proud that even in my household, I had to, you know, give more work to my husband, for example, that he can do the cooking and maybe picking up my son from the daycare, just really letting go the pride that I should be doing it all. So, and I feel like the other thing definitely was, When you start putting yourself out there that you don't need everyone's permission to say what you want to say in terms of there's always people who do not resonate with you and that's okay. You don't have to be perfect. Your message doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be you. 
So you really have to be like authentic and standing on your own feet because quite often people are holding themselves back because they're kind of looking for the permission from outside to share the message. But you have to give yourself first this permission that yes, I am valuable. Yes, I can share something with the world that can be valuable for other people and stop looking for this permission from outside. And really letting go of those people like who do not resonate with you and while making the space for those people who do resonate with you. So you can actually build your tribe as well. Oh, I love that you brought that up. And you have it right on your guest information form for me. I mean, you put it right there, your vibe attracts your tribe. If my vibe was anything different than who I am, I would have to say that I wouldn't have the listeners that I do. I wouldn't have the followers that I do because people can read fake you know, they can tell when somebody's not being honest in their marketing or in the content that they put out. And and on the flip side, they can especially feel real. And real is just meatier and juicier. And I mean that in all the best way. I don't think I've ever used those words here on the podcast. It makes me wonder if I'm hungry, actually. But, <laughs> you know, like, there's just so much more substance behind real. Yes, it is. It really is. And you have to be authentic. So, and don't think that you don't have anything valuable to share. You always have something valuable to share with the world. And if something is common sense for you, maybe, so this can be so valuable for somebody else. Somebody else maybe is seeking for the solution that you have right now. And you just have to step up and you just have to share that. Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned on this journey is that there's always somebody who's two steps behind you. And you might think that you're just on step one, but no, I mean, somebody could be on their way to the basement, right? It, there's always somebody that's two steps behind. So this is being totally nosy. You were in Estonia. How did you meet your husband? (laughs) <laughs> we met online, actually. Yes. Yeah, so I feel like my entire life is recently online. So we met online, but then we were having long distance relationship about two years. But during those two years, we actually flew down to visit each other several times. So he came to Estonia to visit me and I came to Minnesota. We also met up in LA. So we got together several, several times during this time. And it was very interesting, but I feel like even if you meet somebody online, like, you know, so really we connected through our values and what we were looking for, you know, in our life. And for example, we both love to travel. So that has always been like a huge piece of our life. I met my husband on Craigslist. So I will be the last person to say anything about meeting people online. We actually found our house, most of our animals, not our vehicle. But yeah, our house we found through Craigslist. My dog, we got through there. My husband, I was not shopping for a husband. Let me just tell you. I was looking for furniture and all of a sudden there he was. So that's why I was so nosy. I love hearing how people met. Yeah, it's interesting because yeah, we met on a dating site. We met on eHarmony, but 
it was because like I was a single mom, I was raising my two year old son, I was working at full time, and I literally had no time to go out anywhere. And I was open, I was like, you know what, God, just send me the right guy from entire world. <laughs> so I was literally open from entire world. And uh, he happened to be one of the first ones who was matched up with me. And yeah, we started chatting. And I think we first met after we had been chatting about four months because my sister lives in California, so I had a trip already planned to LA in four months later. And once I got my ticket there, and once I was on the way there, I told him, like, listen, would you like to meet me in LA? And he said yes. And from there, <laughs> we started visiting each other more often until I actually came to visit him again like three years ago. But he proposed, so I never actually went back after that, and we got married, so yeah. That's so amazing. Even on top of your amazing love story, there's something to be learned from eHarmony. I mean, I've never used it, but with a lot of these dating sites, I know that they have the ideal mate. Like You had to put in what you're looking for. Well, just three weeks actually before I met my husband, I put together a soulmate spec sheet. It's amazing how much work we'll put into finding our perfect mate. But when it comes to our businesses, sometimes we won't put in that same energy into writing out who our ideal client is oh yeah definitely that I feel like on that site as well there was really like a lot of psychology behind that like you know who you're looking for and also like being honest about yourself as well like you know what do you really want and I feel like as you said it kind of has to be in a business as well you have to understand who this person is that you really want to work with and it can be hard when you're just getting started if you haven't ever had clients but in that case you may think about like who would be this ideal fit for you the moment you start getting those clients in you can take a look at your clients like which of those clients that you have you actually enjoy working the most and if you know that you know what this is the person that I love working with think about it like what is it about that person that makes it ideal for you and then start attracting similar clients into your business too. Wouldn't it be awesome? <laughs> yes. Somebody can take this idea because you know I have chronic idea disorder. I do not need this on my plate. But like a VA matchmaking service that was totally AI, like all based on the algorithms, where everything from communication style to future goals, like where you want to go in your business, what hours you work, introvert or extrovert, like everything was right there. No middleman necessary to do the match. Ding. There's your perfect partner in your business and they're going to take you to the next level. Somebody needs to develop that, please, because if you don't, I'm going to feel compelled to and I do not need another project right now. <laughs> Love this idea. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Seriously, it, somebody needs to just zap it out of my head right now or it will get like, oh, I just need to let it go, let it go, like frozen, you know, go away. <laughs> what is that person that you need in your business right now? It's interesting that I tend to attract two different types of women right now into my business. One of them is the one that who's working full time on a corporate still. Like, for example, we have had several people who are either in human resources or accounting. And they are just burned out, just like I was pretty much. And they're looking to start a completely brand new business. And obviously, 
being in business, you do have to have this entrepreneurial mindset and desire to actually build a business, not like a small hobby for yourself. So really create the program and start attracting clients and doing this as full time. So you can not just make little side income, but actually pay your bills and live the life that you want to live. And the other type of women that I tend to attract are really the people who already have been doing some coaching but stuck maybe those hourly rates or just recently graduated from coaching institutes. And they get the coaching certifications. However, they don't get the business training over there. So they're kind of like lacking that how do I now build the business side so that I don't know how to do the marketing. I don't know how can I get the clients in. So I really tend to connect with that type of women the most. And I say women because I really attract a lot of women into my business, but I'm definitely open to men too. So, but I just haven't had any, for some reason, I haven't had men into my practice. (laughs) They once in a while reach out, but they haven't been committed enough to get started yet. So. Ooh, that's interesting. But maybe (laughs) it's because you speak the voice that the women need to hear and you are those at least two steps ahead and they can see you doing it successfully. You're the successful mom, right? Running her business. And a man just might not be looking for that. I mean, he wants to be the successful man. And I'm not saying that's how men are, but very often we need to see that somebody else has had the success in all forms that we're looking for. I mean, I have yet to find... Maybe this is a lie, or not lie, but a stretch. And I can think of Carrie Wilkerson has four children, and she's built quite a successful business, or businesses. But I can't think of many others that I've seen who have five kids, you know, that have continued to grow. And quite often I'll hear, well, I don't know how you do it all with all this. Well, I just do. I just do. Or maybe I should even admit I don't do it all things as you've already heard me share here like my team is telling me that I need to just let it go actually Relika one of my team members earlier this week said Kim tell me what your grocery list is like just write a google doc of what you normally buy at the store and I will start ordering your groceries online wow yeah I was like uh why didn't I think of that earlier like seriously like Because it's hard enough for me to schedule in, but even just a simple spreadsheet where I just go down quickly, XXXXX, she takes it into my grocery store website, places the order, and I just pick it up at the time that she tells me, or, you know, she looks at my calendar and schedules it in. Hello. Or maybe she finds a personal assistant in the area that would save me a lot of time and make me a lot more money. We just need to let those go. I want to talk, though, about the women who don't necessarily know what systems they should be using. Because I've seen with some of my clients that they have signed up for hundreds of thousands of dollars of software, trainings, coaches, and then they've never used any of it. Partially because they really shouldn't be the ones using the tools. So to realistically think that they were going to go through the training to use a tool that they really should have just outsourced in the first place was probably just an unrealistic expectation. And this is an unfair stereotype. But women have a a reputation for being shoppers. Personally, I hate to shop, quite honestly. I hate to shop, even grocery store, especially grocery store. But how do you help your clients control shiny object syndrome when it's just going to get them off track? 
Yeah, that's a good point because I feel like quite often we think that we need it all and we need it all right away. So, which is not true. We really don't. We always go step by step and depends where my client really is, but most of them really start from zero, from scratch, from an idea. So, you don't need all the softwares at once. And what I typically recommend is really starting out small. So even with, for example, the email software that we are using Infusionsoft, but I never recommend my client who's just getting started and doesn't have any subscribers yet or any list yet to get started with Infusionsoft because otherwise what happens is they just get stuck and their learning curve is so huge if they have never done it that they just stop. They just, you know, like start hating their business and they don't want to continue anymore but rather maybe getting started small such as maybe like MailChimp something that's maybe even free yeah just get going just get going once you have a list and we can already like optimize something and we can already create some really great funnels and do things like that then it's time to grow and also when they have finances like maybe they have a couple of clients then they can outsource this piece too because you're totally right that you don't have to do it all on your own and if this is not your zone of genius then you shouldn't be doing this so you shouldn't be wasting time on doing something that you're not supposed to be doing and if you don't enjoy that for example setting up those funnels as well so you maybe end up wasting like a couple of weeks and you're still not getting there you're still not getting to the next level while maybe you should be outsourcing this piece and somebody else can get it done for you in a couple of days so that there's a huge difference in there but i feel like you don't need to get all the softwares at once and always understand like why you have that like what is it gonna do for your business is this particular software helping to grow your business or automate something that you don't have to do things manually anymore so really just look into those things like, you know, is this necessary? So I love that. I also found myself getting hung up on perfection and 100% completion. And when I finally figured out that number one, it didn't need to be perfect. And number two, it didn't need to be complete before I would actually push go, then things really started moving. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, we're not baking brownies here. If you forget the eggs and brownies, then you might have a problem or whatever recipe you use. A business is not the same way. Your funnel does not need to be complete to be started. Oh, yeah. And that's what I'm like always for the newbies. I'm always telling that even if you just get the first three to five emails done and just like set those up like to go out like automatically, that's already a step forward. Like it's better than nothing. So and you can always grow from there. But if you get so hang on like about like all those details and everything and you want to make it like really complicated, so it's just getting too much and they get the anxiety and then you don't want to do it. And then like everybody around you is affected from there. So <laughs> just get it done. It's just not perfect, but just get it done and move forward. Yes. So what is one thing that you did that with? So I think for me is really about, again, building the team. That was a huge thing for me that I wanted to just like get it done and move forward because like finding those good players into a business too is not an easy thing. But as far as the systems, then this is my zone of genius. So I definitely enjoy that more than my clients who are just getting started. But I would say that 
maybe the web design as far as the systems and having like, you know, the platforms in place, that's one thing that I cannot do. So I don't know how to change the colors on a website and things like that. So it's definitely out on my plate, though. I don't deal with that (laughs) too much for me. Oh, my gosh, I can completely hear that. I delayed the launch of the podcast by three months because I could not get the logo right. I was trying to do it myself. And when I finally outsourced it to my awesome designer, Kenneth, who I just finally decided I needed to go look for somebody, he had the logo to me in two days. But sometimes we're just way too close to it. And like you said, you don't know how to change the colors. I mean, I have fought with websites for tens of hours before I finally put my hands up in the air and disgust and said, oh my gosh, I just, (laughs) ah, just somebody else do it. And then I would finally find that person and they get it back to me in five minutes. Done. It's like, really? Really? (laughs) It's so true. And I can so relate. And that's the thing that I know that even with the website, when I did the blogging and everything, I was trying to do it all. And I mean, I cannot tell you how many hours I spent watching YouTube videos about the WordPress and TV theme and like all things like that. But I was like, why am I doing this? I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm not a web designer. This is not my zone of genius. So, and then even though that maybe I can pull something together, I'm not happy with that. I don't like the outcome. But if I delegated this, I'm like, yep, I love it. This is my style and I'm happy. And it takes way faster and done properly rather than me trying to do this on my own. Amen. Yeah. So let's just say a woman who wants to start her business has nothing approaches you today. She's a perfect client for you. What's step one that you assign to her before you even jump into any work? Yeah, so definitely understanding what the expertise is and what it is that she wants to create. Is it a one-on-one coaching practice? Is it a group program? Perhaps also adding some self-study passive income products. So getting like a big picture of the business that she wants to create. And then I need to understand, obviously, like if this is a way that I actually can help her as well. So if she's looking to create one-on-one or a group program and passive income products, then I definitely can help. And we always start out with getting clear about the ideal client that who you really want to serve and what is your expertise, what makes you unique, what is your story and how do you stand out really like from the sea of coaches out there, what makes you specifically unique and this is actually such a huge thing because a lot of times people think that there's nothing unique about me but I feel like I have the ability to really pull this out from them that they do feel at some point that, oh, yes, this makes me unique. And I don't come up with that. We actually do market research with them, too. So because you can't really create demand on a market, you have to find the demand, and then you can create the program around that. But once you understand what the demand really is through your market research, then you also understand what makes you unique and how can you turn this into a really great program that can serve clients and actually provide the solution in your unique way and once this is kind of you have a clarity about your ideal client you have a program that you want to start selling then all the other things uh, follow such as building your email list getting started with your lead magnet with your webinars your funnels and also your organic and paid advertisements too 
and really how do you also make the sales and how do you enroll your clients into your program too, building up this entire business online. That's all such amazing advice. Thank you. For listeners who want to connect with you and get to know more and learn how they can work with you, where can they go? You can go to my website, designdreamlifestyle.com, and you can find a free training over there, which is four keys, how to build a winning coaching business with premium programs and passive income. And you can also go to Facebook and find me, Relika Schulte, and you can reach out to me over there or on my business page, facebook.com slash designdreamlifestyle. For listeners who are driving or working out or just wondering, you can go to the show notes page at thecomesoutin.com forward slash PP446. Really good. This has been an absolute pleasure. I want to thank you so much for being so generous with your time today and just all your valuable pieces of wisdom and also for your fabulous story about how you met your husband. Thank you for allowing me to be nosy. (laughs) Absolutely. I love sharing that story. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Sure. I want to tell to every listener that just be confident in your expertise and what you want to create. And just don't give up. Always just keep going. And the moment you choose the faith over fear, things will come together and the magic will happen to you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.